To our new passengers, aloha and welcome. As you board, please move across your car to make room for everyone, and kindly offer available seating to those needing special assistance. The show will begin momentarily. Thank you. Please stand clear of the podcaster. Por favor, manténganse alejado del David. Welcome to Dave's Disney View Podcast, provided on our own version of the information highway in the sky. For those of you standing, please hold on to the handrails throughout our journey and stay clear of the doors. For the comfort of others, no smoking please. Thank you. Dave's Disney View is a look at the Walt Disney World Resort and sometimes beyond, as seen through the eyes of Dave, a frequent visitor, a one-time cast member, and an engineer who simply enjoys the magic and wonder of it all. Now, please keep your party together and put on your virtual mouse ears. And by all means, enjoy the show. Hi everyone and welcome to my podcast, Dave's Disney View. Last time I played Walter Cronkite's narration of Spaceship Earth, and I thought it was fantastic. Now somewhere in the back of my mind, I had always assumed there was a tighter connection between Disney and Cronkite. But as it happens, that's not the case. Walter and Walt's paths undoubtedly crossed because they were in related industries, but there's no clear evidence of a connection between them. Now there's one very obscure connection, and it relates back to the conspiracy theory that the moon landing was a hoax. In this version of the theory, the hoax was perpetrated by, you guessed it, Walt Disney. And and in his comments, Cronkite supposedly makes reference to being a Disney production. Now, I'm personally dubious about this, but that's kind of beside the point. There really is no connection there. Now, Cronkite himself was always a Disney fan and starred in two televised specials to commemorate the expansion of Walt Disney's final dream in Florida, Walt Disney One Man's Dream, which premiered in 1981, and the Disney MGM Studios theme park grand opening in 1989. Here's a clip from the 1989 opening. I say when I went to the movies for the first time, there were always four parts to it. There was a, there was the cartoon, there was the newsreel, and there was a comedy, and then the feature film. And uh, I think I went mostly for the animated cartoon. The people around uh, Disney seemed to acquire a certain aura of, of the of the Neverland itself. Uh, there seemed to be a great good humor about uh, about the work, a, a joy to be, if you please, a joy to Disney, if maybe is what it is. Uh, it, it's it's. And here's a clip from Walt Disney One Man's Dream. I recall in North Africa in the landings in World War II there at Porleote, a brave group of French fighters loyal to their command, and probably hating every minute of it, rose to do battle against the assembled American fleet. And after we had defeated them three or four days later and got on the ground at their airdrome, we found that that little squadron was the Mickey Mouse Squadron. And on the nose of every one of those Dewatin fighters was a Disney figure. And I wondered if we'd known that at the time, if we'd have shot at them with quite the same abandon. Now, the other connection that uh, Cronkite has is that in 1980, uh, he had a program called Universe that was on TV. And there was a scene in it where Cronkite donned specially created evening clothes and was computer animated Tron style. He was tap dancing and tossed his top hat off for special effect, and it flew off at light speed beyond the uh, horizon behind him. 
And uh, Disney produced that short using the same techniques as in the Tron movie. So there's a tight connection there. Now, as the studios opened many years later, Walter Cronkite reprised his role as the host of The Magic of Disney's Animation in Back to Neverland, the pre-show at Disney's Animation. In the nine-minute film, Cronkite, along with actor Robin Williams, explored the animation process, which, as he described in the show, sought to touch the hearts of the audience with laughter, tears, fears, warmth, and the human experience. So here now is the audio from that show. This is Walter Cronkite here at the Disney Animation Studio. Today we'll have a unique look at how their films are created. Well, sir, you sir there. Yes, sir. Could you give us a little help today? Oh, yes, sir. Well, you're, wait a minute, you're Walter Cronkite. And that's the way it is. Hold on, Walter. Can you just a moment? <laughs> how you doing? Name's Robin. Nice to be, but you can call me Chuck. <laughs> Robin, what's your favorite Disney film? Well, to be honest, Walter, I think Fantasia has a certain Fellini-esque kind of quality, but my real favorite is Peter Pan, boy. I mean, Never Never Land. Oh, little pixie dust and you can fly, you know? Today, you can visit Neverland. Oh, Walter, don't pull my leg. In order to demonstrate the animation process, we're going to turn you into an animated character. Does this mean I'm only going to have three fingers? Tinkerbell. She's so bright. Oh, it's like being in the presence of Barbara Streisand. Neverland. I mean, these books are huge. You meet without my cliff notes. <laughs> this is where animation begins with a good story, adventure, romance, humor, suspense. Boy, if you get a paper cut here, Walter, you could lose a hand. <laughs> of course, since we tell our stories with pictures as well as words, we bring them together here on the storyboard. Looks like a comic strip, Walter. Right, Robin, and this is the title of your story, Back to Neverland. Walter, I was thinking of maybe going with Peter Pan, First Blood. You know, coming in with twin Uzis going, Look, we've got a problem. And have Jack Nicholson play Captain Hook going, Maybe, maybe not, sucker, let's talk. <laughs> no, no, you're being cast as one of the little lost boys. Boy, looks so puny. You're a sympathetic little character, someone we can all feel for. You really think that people could feel for me? Oh, certainly. We'll feel suspense when you're alone aboard the pirate ship. Yeah. We'll feel frightened when you're captured by Captain Hook. Yeah. And we'll all feel sorry when you're thrown to the crocodile. Yeah, me too. Whoa, whoa. Walter, Walter, what's this? What about a crocodile? What do you mean? Don't worry, there's a happy ending. This is the sound studio where your voice will be recorded for the film. Scene 19, take one, rolling. What? Like these are my lines? Help, don't eat me. Ouch. I thought you said there was a happy ending, Walter. For who? The crocodile? Fine. Help! No, don't eat me, no, please. I hope you choke on me. Help! Hey, hey, Walter, what happened? Now I'm just a voice. You see, Robin, you provide the voice, and the animator does the rest. With pencil and paper, he brings you to life one drawing at a time. It really amounts to acting on paper. When the drawings are viewed in sequence, they seem to come alive. Hey, look! I'm a cartoon! Oh! <laughs> hey, Walt! Just how far can you go with this? 
You can do anything that he can draw. Hey, animator, what do you say we have some fun, huh? Hey, all right. Let's go. <laughs> I can be anything. I can be just a tiny person. Or make my eyes really big. Or maybe have legs that are real long. I can even be you, Walter Cronkite. Now hold on there. Can I do this? I'm happy. I'm grumpy. I'm dopey. <laughs> Everybody, I'm a corporate symbol. Hold it, hold it, whoa! Are you fellas finished? <gasps> I always wanted to do that. Next, each hand-drawn image is scanned into the computer. And you're ready for color. The colors that feel right for your character are added at the digital paint station. You know what I think? Yellow, to me, doesn't say spring. I'd like something in a puce, a salmon. Hey, 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 hey! <gasps> Fine. Do whatever you want. <laughs> and there you are. All right. Now can we go to Neverland? Can we, Uncle Walter? Huh? Huh? Maybe, please? Huh? We're almost there. The layout artists are drawing the sets for you now. These skilled artists create the fantasy world in which you will act. Whoa. Nice boat, dude. The background artists help establish the mood of the scene by painting it with appropriate colors. Makes me feel like singing. A pirate's life is a wonderful life, a rover over the sea. Of course, this is a much more appropriate mood for your scene. It gives the proper air of foreboding. For what? Hey, this is the part where Captain Hook shows up, right? <laughs> and there's a crocodile, right? Whoa. <laughs> what am I doing here? See you later, Walter. Oh, come now, Robin. <laughs> You're headed the wrong way. Walter, put me down. No, put me down, Walter. In the next step, a hand-painted background is brought into the computer where all the elements of story, character, acting, and mood are assembled to create the final scene. Walter, here's a little crazy idea of mine. What do you think? Let's lose the part with the crocodile. Oh! Please. It all begins to feel pretty convincing by the time it reaches this stage, doesn't it? Walter. What's that, Walter? Music and sound effects complete the feeling of reality. Walter, all that mood stuff really works, Walter. This is really creepy. One of Peter Pan's little lost boys. No, wait, Hook. I can explain. I didn't want to bother you, see? There was Walter Cronkite and storyboards and animators. <laughs> Please. I throw myself at your good leg and beg for mercy. Where is Peter Pan hiding? I'm drawing a big blank on that, too, man. Listen, you're a drawing, I'm a drawing. Let's lighten up here, man. No, no, you don't want to eat me. Hey, you know, you are very, very rough on your skin here. I think you need something as a conditioner. Whoa! Tinker, tinker, tinker bell. Yeah, Pixie, that's douse me, babe. That's it. <laughs> Blast that tinker bell. Hey, 
Time to play that exciting new game show, You Bet Your Hook. That's right. Our contestant is a pirate. He's also a villain. Let's welcome him, please, Captain Hook. Hi, nice to have you on the show. Nice hat. Hey, you know, you're not wearing one. I'm kidding. Here we go. Here's our guest. It's time to play the big $20,000 question. What has four legs, a voracious appetite, and is right behind you? Uh, time's up. It's a crocodile. Come on down. Ah! <laughs> hey, Tink, slip me some wings. Bow. Robin, I think you've got the general idea. It's time to come back now. Oh, but I just got here. Now, Robin, we don't want to miss the rest of the tour. Oh, yeah. That's right, but I didn't get to meet Peter or Wendy or anybody in Walter. I beat Captain Hook, and I was flying, Walter. Oh, boy, Walter. Come on, Robin. What are you hanging around for? Let's go have some fun. Good, Walter. You finish up with the tour. I'll catch up with the next group, okay? Now, Robin. Hey, wait for me, Peter. And that's the way it is. <laughs> Now, Walter Cronkite no longer guides us through time or transports us on the animator's drawing board, but his legendary voice has carried on in another way. His narration of the holiday illuminations, the Epcot fireworks show that played for years during the holiday season. Cronkite was a true host, opening the show by intoning, Good evening, this is Walter Cronkite. Tonight, we welcome you to the joyous celebration of the season. Welcome to Holiday Illuminations. And at the show's close, he would graciously thank the musicians heard during the show, including Miss Sandy Patty and the Harlem Boys Choir. Now, that show has not run in its entirety since uh, the Millennium Celebration. But in recent years, the finale number, Let There Be Peace on Earth, he's been heard several times. So let me at least play that clip for you so you can get a sense of how it feels to have Walter Cronkite talk to you as you're watching Holiday Illuminations. During this glorious time of year, there is one message that brings out around the world in every language. Peace on earth, goodwill to men. It's a wish to hold in our hearts throughout each passing year. A gift of immeasurable love. A treasure to be handed down with care from generation to generation. And so our holiday wishes that everyone, everywhere, share in the spirit of the season. So as you can see, Walter Cronkite still has a strong influence at Disney. He was the voice of Epcot, essentially, shortly after it opened. So that's the story of Walter Cronkite and his relationship to the Walt Disney Company. And that's my show for this week. And once again, as Walter Cronkite might say, and that's the way it is. Remember, if we can dream it, we really can do it. Bye now. From all of us, thanks for taking a listen to the podcast today. If you're standing, please hold onto the handrails and stay clear of the doors until the show stops completely and the doors open. Ladies and gentlemen, please collect your personal belongings, watch your head and step, and take small children by the hand. As this concludes our journey, we hope that you enjoyed the show and that you drive home safely. Our thanks go to Doug at geekacres.net for his contributions to the show, and also to Craig 
for the original music you hear on the show. You can find Craig's music over at ReverbNation.com slash sound A. If you have questions, comments, or thoughts about the show, please feel free to contact Dave at davesdisneyview at gmail.com. Show notes and links to other great content on the web can be found at disneypodcast.net. Now, I will raise the safety bar, and a podcaster will follow you home. Ha 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 